Hello, everybody. Welcome back. As we study Maseches Ksuvos, Daf Hey Amid Aleph, a public service announcement. If you happen to listen to this before uh, this Shabbos, Pashas Bereshis, we will have a Siyam on Maseches Yivamas taking place at Sudash Lashit. One of our uh, participants from Maseches Yivamas will lead the Siyam and will speak. If you're listening to this after uh, Shabbos, I hope you enjoyed the Siyam and uh, learned about it in the Shabbos notes. Today is a, another great, great daf. <clears throat> this week is another great daf. And uh, we're going to deal with a number of Hilcha Shabbos issues, uh, both in this daf, we're going to have uh, next week's daf as well. And I'm probably going to split it into two parts. Today, focusing mostly on the issue of uh, business on Shabbos, doing... Uh, certain business calculations on Shabbos that are prohibited. And uh, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the issue of uh, Chabura on Shabbos. Let's say breaking, uh, injuring someone that's going to tie into what happens if someone is uh, marrying a basula and whether that would be allowed to, for them to have relations on Shabbos. So the Gemara on the very top tells us that a person cannot get married on Matzah Shabbos. On Matzah Shabbos, the assumption that's being made is that the Suda and the Bia is taking place on Matzah Shabbos. The way it's presented from the Gemara's perspective is dealing with the uh, Bia. But if you look at the Mepharshim, the Mepharshim assume that it's also the Suda. If you look at the top Rashi, and a lot of these Rashis are very important. I mean, Rashi is always important, but a lot of these Rashis for halacha and mice are extremely important. What Rashi says is that the reason you can't get married, commenting on the Gemara, which said, Mishum Cheshbonos. Cheshbonos are different calculations that would be made. What are we concerned about? There's going to end up being a meal that night. It's the night of the wedding. And we're concerned, V'techsho B'Shabbos, Mahut Sarech Lahotzi, of what's going to be necessary to uh, spend. And he quotes a Pasuk here, which is going to be a very important Pasuk. We're going to talk about this in a little more detail. Uksiv v'daber davar. There's a Pasuk from Yeshayahu nun ches. What's very important to understand, and this will have many practical applications, is to understand in Hilcha Shabbos what is Doraisa and what's Dorabana. Now we know that we have Lama Tes Malachas, we have 39 prohibitions. And then, of course, we have the Assays of Shabbos as well. The Chachamim, <clears throat> because of the stringency of Shabbos, and keeping in mind that the activities on Shabbos are not inherently prohibited, they're allowed every other day of the week, similar to what we call a Davashiyesh Lomatirin, which is an analysis we do on why we're so strict about chametz, besides just the chiyav karis, is because we're not going to necessarily be careful with something that isn't inherently prohibited. It's only prohibited during those days. So it's hard, even though we're used to it, but it's hard to get into the habit of maybe uh, keeping all aspects of Shabbos if we're so accustomed during the week to doing these prohibitions. I know uh, on a personal level, I sometimes, I haven't had this Baruch Hashem in a while, but I used to uh, have a sensation on Shabbos that I felt my phone, 
that was was uh, vibrating, even though I didn't wear a phone on Shabbos. Um, so what was going on? Obviously, I have some psychological challenges there, but uh, I read some studies about it, that you actually get so accustomed to certain types of behavior that it's hard to uh, break the habit. Now, if you look very carefully at Rashi, Rashi says over here, even though the Pasuk is going to come from Yeshaya, and what's happening in Yeshaya is Yeshaya is trying to strengthen Shabbos. He saw that people were doing business on Shabbos. Technically, doing business on Shabbos is really not Asudaraisa. It's not one of the Lama Tesmalachos. And as I pointed out, the Chachamim came along, and the Chachamim told us many things that we can't do. In addition to not formally having businesses open, which again is something that we're going to consider, even though it comes from Divri Alaviyim, so it's going to be a strong Durabbana, but it's basically going to be a Durabbana. <coughs> Telling a non-Jew to do Malacha for us on Shabbos, which is referred to as Amir La'akum, is a Durabbana. Now, you can't tell a non-Jew to do anything that you can't do. You know, everybody has all these tricks about hinting, etc. Most of those tricks really don't work out. Because you can't let a non-Jew know, either before Shabbos or on Shabbos, of doing a malacha, even though you yourself are not doing it. And we're not studying now Amir Lachim, but there are many different reasons that are given for it in Rishonim. Sometimes you will have a situation, what we call shvus to shvus. If you're able to have two drabanans functioning, and, for example, there's a mitzvah, mitzvah or Tzarchei Rabbim, then two Dirabanans will be allowed. But this also has to be done very carefully. I'll give an example. If someone, um, I'll give you an example where people think it's okay, but it may not be okay. Let's say you didn't warm up your food on Shabbos. So you tell a non-Jew to put the food, let's assume it's a solid food, right? We're Ashkenazim, as far as say, that even on liquids, ain't bishlach or bishlach on a derisa level. But on a, we as Ashkenazim say that uh, only for solids. So technically, according to Torah law, you would be able to put your kugel into an oven on Shabbos if it's totally cooked, because ain't bishlach or bishlach. But we know you can't do that. You can't tell a non-Jew to do it, even though it's shvus to shvus. We're not going to consider it to be Bamako Mitzvah just because you're going to have that Shalom and Kugel hot. Now, if you had no other food and you can't eat cold food, then maybe you could come up with a Heter. People sometimes think, and there are some Rabbanim, very legitimate Rabbanim, who say that for a Shul, for example, you would be able to do it because that's considered a Mako Mitzvah. It's also Tzarchei Rabbim. But that's not how we paskin over here at Kezatora or within the RCBC. So let's get back to our issue. But this background is very important information. So we come to the issue is that there's a concern that on Shabbos, if you have a wedding on Motzei Shabbos, you're going to be thinking about the whole Shabbos. You'll be worrying about how many guests are coming. Maybe you're going to think about your tuxedo. You're going to think about uh, the caterer. You may not do anything about it. You may not even speak about it. Speaking about it is definitely going to be an issue. But even if you see from Rashi that it's a machshava, just thinking about it, it's important. You know, let's say there's a baseball game on Motzei Shabbos. If the Yankees is playing, we'll see what happens. I don't know the schedule. 
So we know we can't turn the TV on on Shabbos. But I'm thinking, I'm trying to make my plans. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to dive in Mariv at a house minion that has a TV. It goes on automatically right after Shabbos. Or maybe in Shul, right? We should have uh, in the rabbi's office. The radio goes on right after Shabbos. We wouldn't do such a thing, not only because we're concerned about uh, maybe you'll do it a little bit earlier, but these are not the thoughts that you're supposed to have on Shabbos. Now, it's hachan, it's preparing for after Shabbos, and even ideally on Shabbos, we're not thinking about these things. Now, maybe it's neutral, right? We can't think about business. You read the Wall Street Journal on Shabbos, which I think you could read news on Shabbos, but to read about the stock market, that would fit into cheshbonos that would not be allowed. That's what Yeshayahu was trying to accomplish. The Navi Yeshayahu saw that Jews practically were fulfilling all the, the Lama Tesmalachas in a beautiful way. But there was a loss of a spirit of Shabbos. Imagine you have your business open on Shabbos. Technically, there's no problem. That's not what we're supposed to accomplish on Shabbos. Shabbos is supposed to be a day dedicated to tefillah and especially <coughs> to Talmud Torah. So if I would stop right here, it sounds like a slam dunk that you shouldn't be able to have a wedding on Matzah Shabbos because you're definitely going to be thinking on Shabbos about the wedding and you may be thinking about the caterer and maybe even you're going to do something. Maybe you'd even be tempted to write something down. But if you look from Rashi, just the machshava is a problem. But then the Gemara comes and asks a bomb kasha. When we say a bomb kasha, it undermines the whole question. And the question is so relevant to us today because if you look into the Rambam, in Perak Chaf Dalet, Hilcha Shabbos, Halacha Hey. If you look into the Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, Simon, Shin Vav, Siv Zayin, and it's stated straight in the Gemara, that's obviously what the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch are based on, Cheshbonah Shel Mitzvah, Mutter, Lechashvan B'Shabbos. When it comes to calculations, thoughts, Relating to a mitzvah, you're allowed to do these on Shabbos. And then we have Amarayim who come along and give us a number of examples. Before I get to the Amarayim who describe different cases that we're going to cover, at least some of the cases, I want to go back to the Ksuvas issue. Because the Gemara's maskana, the Gemara's conclusion, <coughs> is that the cheshbonos that you're going to make for a wedding is l'shem mitzvah. Everyone get that? It is L'shem Mitzvah. A wedding is considered to be a Sudas Mitzvah. And now again, you could argue, well, you're going to be involved in aspects that are not a Sudas Mitzvah. Maybe you're going to talk about the dresses. Maybe you're going to talk about the food. But I'd say that all of that becomes integrated into Sudas Mitzvah. It's part of being Mishamach, the Chasan, the Kala. So the Gemara's conclusion is, okay, the reason why you don't have a wedding on a Matzah Shabbos is because maybe it's going to lead to Shechitah Sa'of, which is going to be a Daraisa, to kill a behemoth, to kill an animal on Shabbos. This is disgusting. You know, you think about it on Shabbos and you realize, oh, Yanko Beryl and maybe even Shmeril and somebody else may come, even though they said they're not going to come. And then we had 25 people who didn't respond. And it's going to lead either you or the caterer to do a Shechitah on Shabbos. So that's the maskana. Now, I say it's the maskana, 
but we're going to have to put a caveat onto it. Because halacha lamasa, if you are invited to a wedding on a Matzah Shabbos, you don't have to worry about it. You're allowed to go. If you're invited to a dinner, many dinners that we have at the Shul, <coughs> Project Ezra, and many others happen on a Matzah Shabbos. So we're going to have to explain. I don't know if we're going to get to it all in Mesechus Ksuvis, some of these, because you have almost the same exact Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos. But we'll see that there's a big difference between when you have things done in an industrial way or you have things done as individuals. But we're going to see that even back in Europe, there were definitely weddings that took place on Friday, Friday night, um, which the Suda happening on a Friday night in order to save money, people would double up. So that's going to be an issue also based on the Gemara where we seem to be saying that it's not just a question of the Bia, but it's also a question of the Suda, not just Friday, but Friday night as well, and even if we just limit it to our discussion on Matzah Shabbos. What I want to do for the rest of this year, and there's so much more to do, it's fascinating, we're studying this daf before we get into, uh, right before Parshish Bereshis, and on Ahmed Bey's, there's a lot of Bereshis and Yanan. And you have a lot of fascinating inyanim. I'll just mention quickly about Lashon Hara and how Hashem miraculously created us in a way that we could put our fingers in our ears and we could close our earlobes over the ears so we don't hear. What's being highlighted here, I'll just mention it very briefly, I can't uh, resist, is a very important Rambam in Tumas Saras where the Rambam talks about Lashon Hara. And he says the real burden of Lashon Hara is not only on the speaker, but it's especially on the listeners, where the listeners are the ones who facilitate it. Without embarrassing the speaker, you get up and you tell the person that's not the type of behavior that's acceptable here. Maybe even if it does embarrass him, because it's going to avoid killing other people. So just fascinating, the Hashkach Hashem, it turns out this week, and you have a lot of voracious issues on this daf. So we're going to look at Shulchan Aruch Arachayim Hilcha Shabbos Simen Shin Vav. What's happening here is the Shulchan Aruch is really uh, bottom lining all of our Gemara that we have here with the different Amarayim. I'm going to read the Shulchan Aruch to you. So remember, we established in the beginning of the Shir, Rashi explained beautifully, we have this Isser of Daber Dava. Which the which Yeshayahu Anavi put into effect, but we have exceptions to it. We discussed Cheshbonos Shel Mitzvah, included within Cheshbonos Shel Mitzvah, which is one way of reading uh, the Shulchan Aruch is Velifso Tzedaka. You could also re- <coughs> read each one as a separate category, which is really what you pre- the way it's presented in the Gemara. But the, either way. <clears throat> is considered to be chafse shemayim. So it's all mitzvah to a certain extent, but the key over here is that it's not chafse adam. It's not just a personal need, but it's all done in the service of Hashem. Those types of conversations you could have on Shabbos. Now it's fascinating, and we saw this in the Gemara, how expansive this list is. So again, just reading from the Shulchan Aruch, Cheshbon HaShel Mitzvah, V'liv Tzedakah, which we're going to come back to, which is... Uh, giving tzedakah. Now here it doesn't mean literally giving tzedakah, but coming to a conclusion about tzedakah distributions. We'll see how this allows us to do an appeal. We happen not to do uh, a public appeal or even an auction in our shul, even though it would be a good idea for Simchas Torah. 
but we would be allowed to. The Shulchan Aruch then talks about other Iske Rabbim. Let's say there's a need for the community to get together to discuss an important communal issue. You could definitely have conversations about Shiduchim. Ulalam Do Sefer talks about uh, a school, establishing a school or finding a teacher for a specific student, O Umnis, which is a big chiddush as well, setting up a person for a trade, which means in shul, let's say you see somebody who's in real estate and then a new guy moves into town, you try to set up a shidduch. Even though this is uh, very materialistic, it's still considered to be chefse shemayim. People are going to be able to have a parnasa. They'll be able to live well, shalom bayis, they'll be able to give away tzedakah. <clears throat> and there are certain qualifications on each of these, which we're not going to get totally into. But right away you have in the Shulchan Aruch, when it comes to the Umnis, you could do it in general way, of as far as hiring a person, as a possibility but not as a uh, final conclusion. So you're not going to sign the contract and discuss the exact uh, money. Again, I'm not going to get into that one so much, but it's important. This all comes back just to see how it finds its way into Masechus Ksuvis to the question about the wedding on Matzah Shabbos. Now, listen to the Ramah, very important Ramah. And this is a Ramah that, uh, in some shuls especially, is significant. Let's say you have a Mishaberach. We've kind of done away with Mishaberachs uh, post-COVID. And even when we did Mishaberachs, we didn't really ask for money. We hoped that people would give money. On the Yom Narayim, it was assumed they would. And the person, when they get an Aliyah, they make a pledge to the Tzedakah or to the Chazan. That's how the Chazan used to make money. Chazan over here doesn't just mean the person who's leading the davening, but like a shamish, which you still have in some shuls. To usher b'shabes lifsok, even though on Shabbos you wouldn't be able to discuss these types of things, kamayitain, how much you should give. So that's what some say. But the bottom line is that you're allowed to say it. So the, the Ramah goes both ways based on an arzeruah, but at the end you're allowed to. There's a famous story, I don't know how famous it is, but it's a story I mentioned before, it's found in the Derech Sicha by Rev Zilberstein, it brings up a case where a guy in Eretz Yisrael, he pledged $1,000, let's say for a certain honor in Simchas Torah. He pledged uh, 1000 but he maybe he didn't understand the Hebrew, and he thought he was actually given 100 shekel. And then he gets a bill for $1,000. So there's going to be a nafkamina when... Is it a pledge? Is it an edder, which is allowed on Shabbos? If it's an edder, you have to, you give what exactly was on your mind. It would be a hundred. But if it's a business deal, a mekach memkar, then you'd pay the thousand. Because the bottom line is that was the deal that was made. And either way, as Rav Zilberstein points out, you would be able to do it on Shabbos. If it's an edder, you can make an edder on Shabbos. And if it's uh, even a business deal, it's allowed on Shabbos, L'tzarech Mitzvah. Now, the Yerach HaShulchan discusses uh, how even if you're making a pledge and you have a problem with Mekach or Memkar, because maybe it's not, it's not a good message to the Tzibor. They're not going to make a distinction, oh, we could do this type of business, but not that type of business. 
but this is a me, me, uh, pledge, or even if you want to say it's business with this, I want to give five hundred dollars. It's not like a uh, final deal because you're saying what you're going to end up doing in the future, but it's not necessarily concrete. So that's the Arach HaShulchan, which needs further analysis because it raises a fascinating legal question. If a person makes a pledge, what's the legal uh, standing for, let's say, a shul to go after the person? I want to point out something else that Rabbi Soloveitchik points out is that he says that when you make a pledge, uh, when, when I'm saying pledge now, I mean in a general form, like that you're going to give tzedakah when you get an aliyah, which is very common in many communities. Some communities, they even give an envelope. Rosalovich said you should say that you're going to give money. You could even spell out the money. And he says for a theological reason, because what are you basically getting from a mishabeach? You're saying because of the schus of doing this mitzvah, good things should happen. We learned this for those who are with us with Dafa Shavuah Mesechus Tanis. You're not allowed to play those games with your Rabbanu Shalom. That I say, I'm doing this mitzvah, so so and so should happen. That's testing Hashem. The only exception to it is when it comes to tzedakah. And the Gemara over there, Daf Ches or Daf Tes, in, uh, I think it's Daf Tes, in Mesechus Tanis, and there's a long Tosfos there that we explain. The only time you're allowed to make a deal with Hashem is for tzedakah. Because it's basically a guarantee that if you give tzedakah, you're going to get everything back. You don't have to test Hashem. That's the reality. We see how that turns out. So all of this Gemara is uh, really fascinating because it go- takes us away from away from Ksuvas, but it was Ksuvas that was the anchor. Now, there are other aspects that we're going to continue next week with some Hilcha Shabbos issues, Davish and Eskavain, and uh, some other concerns as far as making a, uh, a wound on Shabbos, especially to someone else. But this is uh, Maseches Ksuvas. Remember, we pointed out Shas Katan. And today we got a we had a nice trip into Maseches Shabbos and practical halachas of Shabbos. Have a great week of learning.